Welcome back to the Tip It Out Golf Podcast. We are now on to season two of our podcast where we are talking about golf architecture, talking about golf courses, you know, everything about all different designers, how to play them, uh, their signature courses, what features do they have, all everything in between. Just want to welcome back Ben Foltz. How are we doing tonight? Fantastic. How are you, Mac? Thanks for having me again. Love to be here. Of course. Always, always, Ben. And and Evan Ferrara. Welcome. Just just chuffed to be here, man. Chuffed. Just chuffed. It's just a kid. Well, I was in a bad mood yesterday, but now I'm I'm doing okay, you know. Lions lost in the NFC championship, but Ben Johnson's here to stay for another season. So we'll wow. we'll see how it goes. We'll make another push next year. He doesn't want to go to that just god-awful franchise of the commanders. I don't blame him. Uh, <laughs> I think he's going to wait one more year and hopefully a better job surfaces. Maybe Belichick retires and that Atlanta after job he, opens up. But after he gets after he gets a after he gets a ring. Yeah. <laughs> with the with the Detroit Lions. But anyways, so uh today we we're talking about Donald Ross. If you have heard about Donald if you haven't heard about Donald Ross and you're a golfer, um you are not actually a golfer, but <laughs> I guess we'll if if you haven't heard about Donald Ross, we will break it down a little bit for everybody. We've come to educate you if you want to learn a little bit more about the Donnie, the great yeah, Donald. So anybody know Very what year Donald? He is, you know, the the great golf architect. He he is like the quintessential godfather of american golf architecture yes exactly uh, the golden age of golf golf course architecture hey, too many adjectives and what do you what do you call it the, the multiple names or the yeah whatever i get Legi- i mean he's, he's just a man, legend he's a man of many hats yes so anybody want to tell me when he was born I mean, I, I believe I, I'll put a vote in for uh, 1872. <laughs> <laughs> we may have already looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally didn't cheat on that one. I knew it. But yeah, so he's born in 1872 in Dornock, Scotland, and lived right down the road and ended up working at a, as a young lad, strapping young lad at Royal Dornock Golf Club as a greens, greenskeeper. One might call it at that age, you know, he worked on the grounds crew as, as he was the ground crew. He was, he was raking as, leaves. As say, yeah, exactly. Raking bunkers, raking leaves, raking bunkers. mowing greens. He's maintaining the fescue. <laughs> <laughs> but along comes old Tom Morris in 1899 to come visit Royal Dornock. And he goes, hey, sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty neat. I'm going to come apprentice for you at St. Andrews, which is uh, honestly a dream job. Yeah, that's unbelievable. If, if I can be mm-hmm. honest, going to apprentice for the granddad of golf. Yeah, like an internship with the old Tom Morris at St. Andrews. That's at uh, St. Andrews. Yeah, that's like it's pretty like sweet. Getting an internship at Augusta or something like that. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's so uh, getting an internship at St. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. But then, and then so he spends his life savings. So then later that year, he spends his life savings. Arrives in Massachusetts with two dollars to his name and begins working at Oakley Country Club. To be honest, I had never heard of it until now. 
Um, he did a little redesign work there, um, I believe, and then he was the head pro at Essex Country Club for a little, a very short stint when somebody approached him and said, "Hey, we're building a resort down in Pinehurst, North Carolina. We would like you to come be the head pro." And he said, "Sign me up." And so he went down there, and that was like the birth of his design career. He designed four courses down in Pinehurst and went on to design. 400 golf courses between 1900 and 1948. Ridiculous. I think it's worth worth noting that um, the Tufts family um, was, I believe, the who who recruited him and who also maybe owned part of the property um, in in Pinehurst. Yeah. And I also wanted to I, note. Sorry, Mac. Really quick. I just also ahead. wanted to note that he was he was 28 when he started his design career. So. Mm. Um, just to provide a little context for how old he is and where he's at in his career, you can you can kind of picture it a little bit better now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I did also see something. So I said 400 courses in the span of 48 years. Granted, most of them were, you know, he obviously didn't touch every single course per se. But I did see that if it wasn't for the Great Depression, it may have been upwards of 700. Wow. Or 700 That's plus. Crazy. And, and, you know, like, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, just like, it, it, it's the early 1900s. Uh, there's no cars to get from site or planes to get from site A to site B to site C, where he's designing these 400, 700, whatever it was, courses. So a lot of it was just done from his cottage in Pinehurst, right? Like, people would send him topographical <laughs> maps and drawings of, of the land that they have, and he would... Um, sit in his cottage and let that beautiful mind go to work. <laughs> yeah. It's truly a beautiful mind. <laughs> I think it's a more, I think it's a more authentic way of building a golf course. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, nowadays we have technology and everything to kind of map out how we can best utilize the space, but he had to go through and actually, you know, figure out how the land can be utilized properly um, and achieve all the goals that he wanted to do, but also, you know, shaping land and everything was a lot more challenging as well. So I just find that yeah, they didn't have, yeah. my architecture brain coming out and being like, that's really yeah. cool that he was able to do all that without the modern technology that we have today. Um, so I just want to shout that out. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, you just kind of kind of just working with what you're given, right? Like you gotta, you gotta like, you, you don't have mass ground movement capabilities. You can't right. make mountains out of, out of nothing. So you're just kind of like, how do I fit 18 holes into this plot of land to make it the most interesting routing that I can. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Something he did really well. Yeah. And I know we'll, we'll get to his, his, uh, his courses, his design style soon, but I do want to touch quickly. He wasn't just a, one of the best golf course architects ever. He is also, he was also a pretty good player in his own right. As, as the people would say. <laughs> He's a good player in his own right. Uh, so for those that don't know, there's a, a very famous amateur tournament. Now, it, now amateur, but once was an open, um, included professionals. And Donald Ross, for a while, there was a professional golfer, and he won three North-South Opens, which is, you know, if you don't know, it's just an incredible tournament. So he won in 1903, 1905, and 1906. He also won two tournaments in 1905. He won the North-South Open, and he won the Massachusetts Open. Mm-hmm. And he won that one twice in 1905 and 1911. 
which yeah, is and, uh, incredible. And the, for those that don't know, like the North South Am these days, um, I, I don't know if I can speak on it from back in those days, but it's it's one of the most prestigious amateur events in the U.S. I, I'd say go U.S. Am is obviously the top, um, and the North South Am is right there, like next in line. I, I'd, I'd it's it, basically it's basically like an amateur major. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then populate um, with all college kids nowadays. Yep. And then going off of that, I just want to shout out too that he he placed fifth in the 1903 U.S. Open, um, which is a pretty pretty freaking good finish, and then eighth in the 1910 Open Championship. So, you know, he had multiple multiple years in a row there where he was not only really good at golf but also making a name for himself in the architecture world too. So, pretty really, in my opinion, really cool achievements if you have both of those under your belt by the time you're 35. Um, <laughs> it's pretty sweet, you know. So all yeah. and keep in mind this is all while he's he has a fledgling design business going. Right. It through all through the Great Depression as well. <laughs> he's but just coming up sweet. with drawings in his notebook while he's sitting on hole two of the North South Open. <laughs> he's like, oh, I have a good idea. I'll rank <laughs> yeah. it, it also yeah. says that uh it also says that as he as he grew in fame, he kind of stopped playing golf and more started teaching golf. So even when he wasn't playing golf, he was still teaching and designing golf courses at the same time. So there was never a moment in his life where he wasn't where he was doing one thing, you know, um, which is another really cool achievement. So pretty cool, dude. How sweet would it have been to get a lesson from Donald Ross at fucking, you know, <laughs> Essex Country Club or something in like 1910. Like, that'd be pretty like, sweet. Hey, this, this guy's kind of cool. I wonder what he's going to do later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I knew him I before he blew up. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> um, so pretty sweet, pretty sweet background uh, for this man. And obviously, it only gets more rich once you start talking about all the golf courses that he designed. So I, I'm just gonna segue. Off. So I have a few courses, um, notable courses from Donald Ross. Um, these aren't necessarily what some would consider his best courses, but definitely um, some notable ones. So yep. obviously Pinehurst number two, U.S. Opens there this year. It's um, an anchor. It's the very first U.S. Open anchor site. Um, another one is Seminole Golf Club in Florida. Uh, yep. Super private. One of the greatest. One of the always rated one of the top golf courses in the country. Yep. Oak Hill, where they just had the PGA Championship. Shout out Michael Block. Sure. <laughs> Shout out Blocky. Um, Inverness, they had the, the women's Solheim cup there two years ago, three years ago. Yep. Oakland Hills South in the home state of Michigan. Um, always rated in the top, top 30 of the 100 courses in the U S um, about 40 golf courses in the Pinehurst region. Mid Pines, Pine Needles, Southern Pines, four courses at Pinehurst Resort, including number two, and a few others. Um, and then I, sh- I threw one in there for you guys, Brookside Country Club. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, yeah. Looking out for the boys. Yes, sir. But yeah, yeah, that's a it's a pretty impressive resume of, of tracks there. And that and, is and just a lot scratching of other the well-known. surface. That's just scratching the surface, exactly. Like, well, well I'm, I'm sure everyone has a local muni or like a local like country club in their area 
that they hold very dear to their heart, that's a Donald Ross. Cause I, I know I can name a couple more, like just in my neck of the woods that I lo- absolutely love playing that are, are his designs. So. Yeah. Well, and, and that's also not to mention the other courses too, that he had, you know, some say on the design of, but it wasn't just him solo designing them as well. Right. So right. Um, that, that probably pushes it into the thousands, you know? Well, no, it, that's 400 still. So. Okay. So that includes 400 courses. He's, designed himself he's co-designed he's got remodeled, it. Okay. renovated and remodeled mm-hmm. got holds it. on yeah so how about Ferrari? do you want to hit start us off with uh one of his notable features that you love about donald ross courses that you see most everywhere mm. i have two but i don't think I'll, I'll save i'll save one of them for you guys i think this one's a little lesser known is um <clears throat> His courses, he likes designed to be walkable. So the, you'll find a lot of, you know, the majority of the holes, the the next tee box is right by the green. So you go, you know, you walk off the green and you're at the next tee box, right? You know, at the next hole. I think that's a underappreciated, maybe not not well thought of. But when you go to the next Donald Rocks course, notice, notice how like, you know, well they're placed in terms of like green and then tee box kind of right there. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll start I'll, that. I'll kind of piggyback off that a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of in the same vein, but I this is not necessarily his design style, but the one thing that really sticks out to me is his ability to route the golf course through the landscape. It's just it's just truly unmatched. Like the the I remember playing Mid Pines. We played it probably three times in mm-hmm. in a, in four days, and just. It, it was like a like a symphony like it, there was like a many there's all these different parts that were very different but they just came together perfectly like each hole was unique and different but it just felt like it all fit together perfectly yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i can i can piggyback off of that even um and say that kind of one of my favorite parts about it is but one of his stamps as an architect was naturalness so kind of going hand in hand with what both of you guys talked about but more with regards to how the hole actually each individual hole actually flows is he wouldn't i really hate when golf courses make a hole look unnatural right they have like this really high hill or something that doesn't look like it's supposed to be there tobacco road is a good example right like that whole entire course is manufactured from ground up right but um, Donald Ross, his focus was, I want to make the course fit to the land, not make the land fit to the course. Um, and one of the really cool parts of bringing that up is it also touches on my other favorite part, which is his turtleback greens, which is like his most signature style for a green, which is basically just think of a bowl flipped over um, versus having everything cave toward the hole. It's kind of concave and it, it slopes away from the hole. Um, yeah. But what's really cool about that is he barely ever manufactured those greens so that was always built on top of an already existing hill that was you know kind of natural land um so it was really cool how he's able to like uh kind of like man not manufacture one of these things but instead build it into the land and make it really really difficult at the same time so it's like yeah. you know it's really really cool how he's able to create those bold greens off of land that was already there without sure. you know really forcing things to feel unnatural Another another thing I'll add going off the kind of turtle back upside down bowl greens is you got to think when he's designing these courses in early 1900s, 
you're not spinning the golf ball very much back then. The, the equipment and technology was probably not that you're not sucking the ball back, you know, right. 10, 15 feet uh, on a good wedge shot. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of his greens are back to front sloping. So that was much more receptive um, to like the game back then where, you know, you could hit an iron shot into a back to front sloping green that would actually hold the green, right. Or something like that. So you'll find a lot of his, they'll have interesting slopes, but the predominant slope on a lot of his greens are going to be back to front. Yep. That's and a good call. Yeah. I will say, so his, he's most well known for his turtle back greens, but if you, he also has a lot of volcano style greens where it's uh, raised up from the plant, you know, raised up from the fairway with kind of bunkers all around or just drop off. Um, and also he has a, not as common, but a fair amount of punch bowls. And he also has a lot of double plateaus as well. If you yeah, mm -hmm. so they are turtleback, like it'll have multiple elements of each. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them are turtle back around the edges, but then they'll have multiple plateaus or, yep. you know, yep. a or like a ridge that goes right through the middle or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you got to oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to change the subject. So continue. On your side. Okay. Yes. And, and the other, other thing is with those turtle back greens too, is the one thing I noticed, I, I never really saw anybody talk about it anywhere, but a lot of the courses, if they're not like a volcano green, obviously, but they'll have a bunker on the front left and the front right. And it'll be a narrow run up, runway up to the green, so mm -hmm. you could always play a run up shot, but you know you still had to be accurate. But it was always yeah. an option, which makes it really inviting to uh, newer golfers while also still being challenging for you know skilled golfers. <laughs> you you stole what I was going to talk about on my featured hole, dude. Dang it! <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Well, that's that's good that it ties in. That means we we it know is, something. It is. It. That's so. a good. I'll be able to highlight it very well. Uh -huh. I think like. A key, you know, shot that you're going to have multiple times around um, a Donald Ross course is a shot where you may miss the green and it takes a little slope and it runs off. And now you have you're faced with a like an uphill chip, but to like a, a flat green almost. So you have to like either figure out you got to either like loft it over that initial slope and get it onto the flat part of the green. Or you have to have what I think is a lethal shot when playing Donald Ross. Um courses is like a run-up shot where you can kind of hit a bump and run into the hill it kills the it kills the speed and kills the spin and then let it release onto the green i think those like i just from playing pinehurst courses if anyone's ever played mid pines pine needles number two like that is such an important shot to have and also you'll you know while going along with that is you're gonna have bunker shots where you have to hit it high over a lip to get it onto the green where you're kind of like the the greens at eye level um but you're, but the ball's, you know, down at your feet. So you got to figure out a way to get it up on the green and get it to stop. So just two like signet, you know, shots that you're going to see playing a, a Donnie course. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, since we mentioned it, Fultz, you want to, you know, you, I, I kind of stole it. My apologies, but do you want to no, expand on it with, Absolutely. Uh, with your hole? Yeah. So um, if you're listening to the, to the podcast here you're not going to be able to see what we're looking at here but this is a top-down view of uh hole number eight at essex country club um uh, it's just the back of the scorecard view because they didn't have any better pictures but um it's a it's a really really cool hole and i did a little bit of research into it um i couldn't unfortunately i couldn't find a better picture but um i think it highlights two things really really well first i'll start with what mac talked about if you take a look at the green you can see that there's a bunker on the right there's a bunker on the left and then this hole doesn't do it as well where the fairway leads up to the green 
but the green still slims down in between those two bunkers and you can kind of see the type of shot that he's looking for you to hit into there. Um, You know, obviously you want to be positioned somewhere. This is a par four, by the way. So you want to somehow get over this water or, you know, be in this little sliver um, and try to draw something into this green. Um, And if you land it in this rough patch before the green, it'll roll right up um, and you'll be fine. But if you roll off of either side, you're kind of screwed. You're either in a bunker or you're in a tough, like side hill, rough type of shot. So um, just kind of highlights what I, what Mac talked about there. And I thought it was super interesting. But the second thing is uh, obviously my favorite part about Donald Ross is like I said, his naturalness. If you take a look at this water hazard that's coming down on the left side, it kind of cuts into about half of the fairway. Um, this is a perfect example of the naturalness that I'm talking about, right? You can see how natural this, this body of water is. It's not a complete circle. It's not, you know, it doesn't look like it was built there. And that's because it was already there. He built the hole around the water and around the trees. Um, so I just think it really highlights his ability to build a hole where a hole doesn't already exist and where the land might not be as favorable, um, and this is a good example of that, you know, that maybe this water hazard might've had to be changed a little bit. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but it kind of highlights the naturalness that I love, uh, his designs have. Um, yep. so that was kind of the two things that I wanted to focus on and, and talk about, but, um, you guys might have some other input after just taking a look at it. Yeah, obviously I haven't played it, but I love the kind of like, if you're going to lay up, like the water is very in play. And mm-hmm. like a layup club has to be super accurate and a driver like may take some risk out of play, but then you have to deal with this weird shaped greens, you know, complex. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just a really cool, um, really cool hole that like just kind of fits. Yeah. fits with the water, fits with the, the, the land that's there for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at it too, if, if, even if you take that driver play and you clear the water, you not you know you have a pretty slim fairway that you got to hit let's say you are yep. in the fairway now you've got to hit you know something high that floats over this bunker to yep. a traditionally turtle back style green which we all know is really hard to hit into um even if you do get spin with modern technology you could still spin it right off the front of the green there yeah uh, so sure. you know i, I yep. love how no matter even if you take the easy route out you still have a hard shot in so really test the game yeah and I know. So it's this, this whole number eight, it doesn't necessarily exemplify it perfectly, but seven definitely does as well. Just above it um, mm-hmm. is also Donald Ross loved his switchback. So opposing shot shapes from the T to the green. So yeah. the T shot, like on eight here kind of is for me uh left to right, or I was going to say fade, but is left to right. You know, you want to, mm-hmm have a shot shape away from the water, you know, play it safe per se. Mm-hmm. And sure. then into the green, you know, you're looking for more of a right to left with the bunkers. Um, <laughs> Ferrar's looking at that. Like I'm hitting a draw for sure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hitting a draw all day, every day. That ball every day. True. But especially if you look at seven, I think it, you, like you can just see it is, it looks like a, a, a fate of uh, a right to left around the trees and then with the way the bunkering around the green is you want to left to right you know yep yep it's a good call out yeah absolutely because especially with those bunkers on donald ross courses they don't look menacing at all but you get in them you're like man my round might be over 
<laughs> they're just so deep you know it really punishes you for a bad shot yeah but that's a good that's a good call out because even eight does that too and some of the other holes that i was looking at at essex do it as well you it's rare that you ever hit two fades back to back on a donald ross course or two like you can but it may not fit the hole perfectly right like he's yeah. trying to right. make you think and he's trying to make you like he's demanding a little bit more out mm -hmm. of you than even so even so a cool thing too is you kind of see the edge of, of uh 13 there but um Oh, sorry. So if you look at uh, the edge of 13 right above that is going to be nine and number nine. So eight requires a draw into the green. And then if you look at number nine, it requires a fade. So even from hole to hole, he does it as well. So it's pretty, yeah. pretty cool how he, how he does that. Yeah. Well, I am, you know, I appreciate it folks, but I'm just chomping at the bit to share my, um, Go for it. my hole. <laughs> I, I started guys, us off with an easy one. <laughs> I think I think you guys are gonna love this. Um, don't look at the title of the document, but if you can, uh, there we go. If you can name this hole, it's it's a it's the first hole. It's a par five. It is, in my it's, opinion, the quintessential Donald Ross golf hole. Is that? Said, uh, wait, wait, no, it's not that one. Hang on. Par five first. It's in. It's in. Doesn't look like it's in North Carolina, to be honest. No. You can see this is eighteen right here. This is number ten. This is number one. Mm. Here's number nine right here. It's in Florida. No, I'm not sure. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm San Jose I'm, Country yeah. Club. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. So he, you know, it was it. The reason I picked it is the staggered bunkers, which kind of force, they don't force you. You can still be creative and hit the shot you want, but you know, you get the best results by, you know, hitting left to right off the tee, hitting mm -hmm. something, you know, you have a spot to lay up. Um, but the, the, the big thing about this hole that really makes, that makes it for me where I remember the first time playing it and getting up to the green going, Holy cow, this is Donald Ross in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. It has turtlebacks on some areas. It's got multiple plateaus. There's some punch yeah. bowls on the front right. The bunkers on the front left and front right of the green. So you can run it up if you need to. Because, you know, we're all punching out from the trees on the right. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but <laughs> but it's just like, especially the green complex and around the, you know, around the green is just like just quintessential Donald Ross. You know, you, yeah. you can't really it, it, go long, slightly front to back slope, multiple plateaus, punch bowls, turtle backs. It's got it all. And I, I love the layup bunkering that he does too. Kind of, kind of brings you back to, you know, when, when people aren't overpowering golf courses and you actually have to hit a good layup shot, like those, those fairway bunkers notice how like the fairway cuts in and the trees get tighter. So like your layup shot, it just becomes so much more important. Um, just, yeah, that's an awesome, that's an awesome golf hole. And it's also and 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 then also kind of another Donald Ross thing is kind of a handshake first hole. Yes, I, I, feel like I, I didn't forgot. think that, about that, is, that at I all. I believe we forgot that. I can't believe. No, he likes we like um he likes you know straightforward par fours, no trouble or par fives. You know exactly like make your birdie, make your par, get your round under control because buckle up, baby. It's gonna get harder <laughs> than that. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do a. I would love to do um side note maybe we'll, we'll bring this back is like a average handicap of a donald ross opening hole 
because I think the average handicap would be like it'd be like a 15 or like a 12 or something, you know, somewhere in that range of difficulty. So that could be an interesting one. Go ahead. Because I think that I think you're 100 percent right. Like every Donald Ross course I know, like I know is usually a handshake. Tough, first of all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of make your par, make your birdie, mm-hmm. buckle up. Um all right. so mine now um save the best for last year. Yeah. Uh just with Such I got a sweet hole. number two a couple years ago. Um this is a par three ninth. You don't I you don't really see Another cool thing about some of these Piners number two mid pines is the ninth hole is like way the hell out on the property. Like you're not, it's not like a traditional one where the ninth hole comes right back into the clubhouse. You grab a snack at the clubhouse. They're like, you're way the hell out here on hole nine at uh, Piners number two, but super short or not super short, but a shorter par three that like the date, like the, the green complex and the bunkering is what makes this hole so freaking hard. So before knowing it, um, our, I remember our caddy saying like pin high right, like pin was in the middle of the green, like pin high right. If you miss the green right, you're fine. But if you miss it short right, it's going to it's gonna roll back almost to the fescue. If you hit it long right, it's gone. But like pin high right was the miss. And I like happened to like hit like a like a cut that like missed the green, missed it pin high right and I had a straightforward chip. But like if you miss, uh, we played with obviously three other guys, somebody missed it short left of the bunker. Somebody missed it long. Everyone made double or, or worse. Like it's just like such a cool hole because you either hit the green and you're going to have a a relatively tough two putt because the, the green complex is kind of crazy. Multiple levels, turtle bag runoffs, but if you miss it in the right spot, straightforward up and down, which, which is a a cool element. So, so pay attention to this hole and you'll, I think you're going to see a lot of guys if they're not, hitting the green, you're going to see a lot of guys bailing out to the right, like uh, pin high. And I think this is a cool mm-hmm. kind of, you can kind of see where I'm talking about too, in between the two bunkers um, right there. I, yeah. Just also, yeah. Also has awesome. a, it also has a good example of the, the kind of the tiered design as well as a couple of the punch bowls. I believe those yep. are the punch bowls, right? Mac, right. Where they have those like little, they're like little mounds in the green. I think that's no, the punch bowl is might be everything kind of, is like the opposite of turtleback. Oh, well, everything maybe, funnels maybe into the center. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but either way, he's got those mounds on there too, which is another little little thing that he likes yeah. to throw in there. And you, but and you can see the runoff like that we're talking about. Like you hit the front mm-hmm. third of that green, like if you're we're not at the picture, it. you're not holding it's rolling back either into the bunker. Yeah, no way. Short, and then you have to mm-hmm. chip it over the bunker. So, yeah. um, just like you have to be so accurate on this on this shot to make birdie or par, and and every mistake you make. Like just the, like I'm playing with a bunch of scratch golfers at this place, and they everyone made double when they missed the green because they all missed it in the wrong spot. So <laughs> yeah, uh, just I thought it a really cool hole. Well, and I bet your putt, I bet your putt was pretty difficult too. Either I had a chip. Did... I had a chip. It was just oh, a yeah, straightforward chip, chip okay. though, because like I, I was kind of pin high, like kind of level with the green on the right there. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I missed all the runoff, and I just kind of mm-hmm. had like a straightforward chip that I you know got it up and down. So okay, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I will say that's uh, the. Uh, the thing, a thing I love about Donald Ross um, is if you do miss in the right areas, it's pretty forgiving. Um, right. He gives you a good, he gives you a good sized place to bail out for the most part. Um, and you can, and you know, you still got to get up and down, but it's not, you know, but if you miss in the wrong spots, like you said, double all day, like double, you, exactly. you're going to do. Yep. 
So yeah. that, that, I mean, that's, and that's a theme with Pinehurst number two is like, it's just brutally hard because you cannot miss in the wrong spot. Like you're just playing defense mm-hmm. all day, trying to avoid all of the crap that <laughs> is inviting you. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. just can't wait for the, can't wait for the U S open coming up. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be, be sweet. Awesome. Great, great pull. Great pull. Mm-hmm. All right. One last thing um, before we uh, close out this episode is I think this is the, the most important part here is how do you play a Donald Ross course? What are some keys to keep in mind when you're, mm. when you're playing a Donald Ross course? I think, I think I already said this, so I'll just kind of go first was like the, you know, there's a lot of fairway runoffs. So I like, I think a key is a bump and run that you can run through the fairway, check it up and roll it up onto the green. Cause you're going to have those kind of awkward chip shots where it's a tight lie. You can't really loft it up. So you got to have, you know, that pitching wedge nine iron to be able to bump it into the slope and, and let it release. So that would, that would be mine. Yeah. We'll see I would, uh, I would, I would shout out. I think if we're watching the U S open and everything, I think we really should watch for the guys bailout shots, uh, you know, in our, in our 80, 100, you know, 70 series, whatever that was kind of breaking 80. Um, we kind of talked about having a spot to miss. And I think the pros are the best guys at that. And they're really, really fun to watch when they have um, that spot to miss and they're picking, you know, their spot to miss. And Donald Ross courses are huge for that because you just need to know where you can miss the ball. So I'm yeah. really excited to listen to those caddy conversations in the middle of the fairway of, yeah, okay, well, we're trying to hit a high fade into here. But if you don't, you know, miss it over here. Right. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of those. Yeah. So. And, and I think that's that's a good point to where we talked about like how the shot asks for a cut or a draw on a lot of his holes. Like the reason it asks for a, a cut or a draw is because you want to start it at this line, and if it draws great, it's back on. It's back. It's it's you know it's perfect. But if it doesn't draw and it stays straight, you you miss it in the right spot. So that's that's I think that's right. kind of what we were what we were trying to say when a when a shot asks for a cut or a draw is like you can cut it, it, it away cut. from the the hazards. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing too. Um, I've been told this my whole life. You know, growing up in the Midwest, there's yes. a bazillion. Well, <laughs> no more than four hundred, but there's a bazillion <laughs> Donald Ross golf courses in the Midwest, especially like in Michigan. There's a bunch around me. There's Rackham. Yep. There's Chandler Park, which is like LC Bowl, like a high end LC Bowls. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there's there's the Detroit Golf Club. There's a million. But anyways, um, do not go above the hole. Like yes. you mentioned, Ferrara, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the greens back in the day, they're, you know, back to front slope green to hold the, hold the ball there because they didn't have as much spin or whatnot. And if you go above the hole, especially um, when the greens are starting to run or it's a little firm out, you are going to be rolling down 20 yards or 10 to 20 yards off the green, off the front. Um, yep. It's impossible to hold. I still remember when we went and played Southern Hills on our trip, and it was the second hole of par five uphill or you Southern know, Pines, kind of down Pines. or Southern that. Pines, so, yeah, yeah, whatever. But Southern Pines, we uh, <laughs> you know, down back up the hill to this extremely front to black, front to front, to, back to front. There you go. Train. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> um, but and then on top of that, you know, it was like a twenty yard drop off the green um 
but I went above it. Thank God the greens were only rolling at like an eight. They were still kind of new Bermuda. They weren't completely grown in yet. But I, I remember sitting there going, man, if these greens get rolling even at like a nine, like a normal, <laughs> like nice muni yep. course speed, like you're rolling off the green if you try, if you go above it. Like you're not stopping yep. this spot. Um, and that was on the green. So that's definitely something, you know, always take the lesser club if you're playing a Donald Ross course. If you're in between clubs, take the lesser club. Absolutely. Um, that's great. That's that is just world, that is such out. good advice. I'll tip my cap, tip my cap to that, because that is so true. And there's one other thing. I don't know what Donald Ross put in his bunkers, but there are definitely magnets buried underneath his bunkers mm-hmm. or in his bunkers. <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, it's so natural of a course, but somehow golf balls just tend to roll into the bunkers. It's <laughs> kind of lengthy in that way. Um, but Put all the low so, spots. Always, always give yourself plenty of clearance when you're uh, playing around bunkers. Absolutely. So Donald Ross, shout out Donald Ross, 1872 to 1948. What a life. And he designed quite a few uh, memorable courses in that time. Uh, I know that dude have been plenty of headaches. So yeah, I mean that dude have been at war for twenty years, and for the next twenty years, <laughs> we're going to continue this war until I eventually yep. throw a good number out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave you guys with this real quick. So I I pulled together the top ten courses of a bunch of different designers, a few that we have coming up in this season, and a few that are very well known, and you know. I have a bunch of bunch of amazing golf courses. Um, just to run it off real quick, we have Pete Dye, A.W. Tillinghast, Mike A.W. Tillinghast, Mike Strantz, Donald Ross, Tom Fazio, C.B. McDonald, Corn Crenshaw, Seth Rayner, Tom Doak, Mike DeVries, and Alistair McKenzie. Um, Donald Ross, by rating of his top ten courses, his average course rating was 75.75 so a scratch golfer would shoot roughly three over three point three and three quarters over par so four over par would be a scratch golfer he is fourth on this list behind pete Dye, aw Tillinghast, and mike strands wow so he he has some love in there for golfers some yeah a little bit (laughs) but i will say uh, in terms of slope so slope is more a measure of how many hazards um especially off the tee or around the course there are he's in the middle of the pack he's sitting around six at 140 love it excited to talk about golfers he just designs proper golf courses you know they weren't meant to be easy they were meant to reward proper golf shots and and punish bad ones and i think that that just kind of sums it up right there. So plotting your way around a course. Mm-hmm. All right. Golden well, hey, that age. was fun. The golden that was age of architecture. Donald Ross. Well, appreciate it, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.